You're listening to PetLifeRadio.com. This episode of Working Like Dogs is brought to you by Audible.com. Get a free audiobook download at audiblepodcast.com forward slash working like dogs. Over 75,000 titles to choose from for your iPod or MP3 player. Hello and welcome to Working Like Dogs on Pet Life Radio. Thank you for joining us today. We're your hosts. My name is Marcy Davis and my service dog, Whistle. And we're delighted to be with you today to talk about our favorite subject, which is working dogs and working animals. And today we have two special guests. And the first one is Liz Parrish. And Liz is better known as the Iditarod's littlest musher, and she finished the 2008 Iditarod to celebrate her 50th birthday. So we can't wait to hear about that. Liz is also the author of Crimp On By, um, the story of a most unlikely Iditarod lead dog, and her latest book that she's going to talk about today is Be the Lead Dog, Seven Life-Changing Lessons Taught by Sled Dogs. And then our second guest is Barb Schaefer, and Barb and her Siberian Huskies are Siberian Husky Club of America multiple award winners and International Sled Dog Racing Association, both gold and silver medal winners. And Barb is also well known as a mentor to teenagers in Life Through Dogs, and she's also a professional speaker. And they just have all kinds of wonderful things to talk to us about today, specifically about sled dogs. So please come right back after these messages from our sponsors, and we're going to talk to Liz and Barb about sled dogs. We'll be right back, right after these messages. Stay tuned. Hey, boy, how you doing? (coughs) What am I doing? (coughs) I'm creating your own life book. It's a website that's just for you. Remember that picture I took of you pulling off Lisa's bathing suit? (laughs) Yeah, I know. Me too. I'm putting that awesome picture on your lifebook page. We'll see what comments we get. And that great video we took of you standing on the table with your head inside the turkey? That's definitely going on there. (coughs) No, it's easy. It only took me two minutes to set up your page. I chose a great theme, and I can connect with millions of other pet parents. I can also create a memorial lifebook. No, not for Grandma, but we can make one for Fluffy, remember her? And we can even put links to our favorite pet charity, and friends can make donations. People can create their own life book for their pets by going to PetLifeRadio.LivingYearsPets.com or they can sign up on the PetLife Radio homepage. (coughs) Where's Lisa? She's outside by the pool. Hey, come back here! Create your own life book for your pet. PetLifeRadio.LivingYearsPets.com Pets can be a wonderful addition to your life because they're a member of the family. Keeping them healthy and happy is important. Pet Life Radio presents The Pet Doctor with veterinary media consultant and veterinarian Dr. Bernadine Cruz. Whether you have a dog, cat, reptile, or rabbit, you'll find answers for your pets straight from the vets. 
The Pet Doctor, on demand every week, only on PetLifeRadio.com. Let's Talk Pets on PetLifeRadio.com. Welcome back to Working Like Dogs on Pet Life Radio. And I'd like to welcome to our show today Liz and Barb. Hello, Liz and Barb, and welcome. Thank you. Hello. <laughs> well, we're so thrilled you could be with us because I have always had an interest in sled dogs and can't wait to, to hear from you how you got started in working with sled dogs. Well, I'll start. This is Barbara, and because I got started a little bit earlier uh, than Liz, uh, and that is that over 20 years ago, my husband and I were looking for a pet, and we wanted a really active pet, and because we were cross-country skiers and hikers and whitewater river guides, and we wanted a medium-sized dog and that was great with people, and we chose Siberian Huskies, and uh, we... It was our family pet, and they continue to be our family pets. But uh, over 20 years ago, I had one, and I saw how much more I could do with two, and then four, and then now 20. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. So so how did you get started in working with them when you got your first one? John and I were cross-country skiers, and uh, we just thought it would be a good idea to go out cross-country skiing and have our dog pull us along. And we also were into mountain biking, and we would have our dog pull us along. The downside is we didn't really know what we were doing, so we just really hooked up the dog. And the only way we could really go together was if John, let's say, was on the skis with the dog pulling, and then I would be out front actually acting as the lead dog, <laughs> encouraging the dog to come along because I didn't, we didn't know how to train our dogs to, to do it on their own. And so it was just more with our own activities and just kind of floundering through. And then one day we saw a lady out in the place where we were ski drawing, which is called when the dog's pulling you on skis. And uh, she was out in the field, and she had four dogs. And we looked at that and went, oh! <gasps> with a sled, and we really wanted to do that. <laughs> so we got, a, we got a few more dogs. Unfortunately, what we needed was really not necessarily um, more dogs. We needed both better dogs, meaning better at being having working ability, and we needed better training. And that actually leads me into how I met Liz, was because in 1998, September of 98, these ladies came to California and put on a program called Mushing Boot Camp. And that they actually came out and taught us how to get our dogs to actually work in harness and for all of us to really be enjoying it. And that's where I met Liz. That's great. Well, that's exactly what I was wondering is how in the world would you go from having that idea that that was a good idea to actually learning how to start working with with a sled dog team? So that's so cool. So are you still doing those those types of trainings? Yes, Liz, Liz and I both are, I would say, life students, and that's really what us working with the dogs is about. We are, we're always learning. So while we met at that initial mushing boot camp, both of our histories, and Liz will talk a little bit about hers, was that uh, we did obedience competition with our dogs. We did, uh, Liz did agility competitions. I did show dog competitions. 
and always going to obedience classes. I actually, for 10 years straight, we went to obedience classes every eight weeks, you know, like a full session for eight weeks, then take a break and then go again. So uh, even the same with when, I, when these ladies started teaching this class, I actually went to that class 11 times. For 11 years, I continued to go to that class. And they kept saying to me, we have nothing to teach you. And I said, don't worry. I am learning the finesse. I'm learning those little tiny pieces that you only get when you're actually working with someone as a teacher. And that's actually what led us to start doing some of uh, mine and Liz's programs. Yeah, that's fabulous. Yeah, because I was wondering how you got from initially starting to actually thinking about and competing in the Iditarod, which is, is quite a difference from doing it with your husband as a hobby and then actually engaging in that race. So tell us, what is the Iditarod sled dog race and how did you decide to compete in it? Well, I'll let Liz answer that. <laughs> yeah, this is Liz, and and I, as Barb mentioned, we, we met through the, the very first mushing boot camp. I had been owned by a, a working dog, an, an Australian shepherd. I was not into huskies or, or sledding breeds, but this Australian shepherd I had taught me the absolute joy of, of doing things together. Uh, I always say he never met a job he didn't like. And so uh, we were active in agility and fly ball and herding, and we tried ski drawing. But unlike Barb, I, I didn't have someone to go out front. And so being a herding dog, he really didn't understand what, you know, being out front and pulling me onto the skis was. So he, he decided that the best place to ski with me was right between my legs, <laughs> which, of course, didn't mean meant he didn't pull very hard. <laughs> And so then when I, I just literally stumbled upon the opportunity to go to, um, to Mushing Boot Camp, I, I jumped at it. I said, sure. And I went with my house dogs. Uh, I had the Australian Shepherd. I had a little Beagle Mix and a Norwegian Elk Hound. And so I showed up at, at the first camp and, and with my motley crew of non-sledding dogs. And everybody kind of looked askance at me and said, okay, I guess We'll train you. <laughs> and our big thing was that very first year is that uh, the, those three little dogs uh, pulled pulled me a mile after three very intense days um, on a cart. And I was totally hooked with this whole, I love dog training. And so the, the whole idea of getting a group of dogs to work together and accomplish something was just phenomenal. And so I kept going, as Barb mentioned, kept going back to boot camp and my one of the instructors who would become my mushing mentor took me aside uh, on the next session and said, "Oh, by the way, I've got a an old retired leader that I'd like to I'd like to place with you as a retirement home, and she doesn't have race speed, but she needs the responsibility for a small team, and she could lead, and your dogs could learn to pull, and that's how I got my very first husky. She was ten years old when I got her, and a incredible, incredible athlete, incredible teacher, incredibly competitive. Um, she was just a phenomenal dog to, to learn from. And so my dogs learned from her as I did. And then I decided that, well, gosh, if I got a team of these dogs, what could I do? And, uh, and I, I like challenges. So my, my first my first thought was, okay, I can, I can do Iditarod. Um, the Iditarod is a is a very famous sled dog race in Alaska. It's got a lot of historical roots. It commemorates the run that was made back in the early 1920s to uh, get diphtheria serum to to Nome when there was an outbreak there, 
and there was no other way to get it. It was in the middle of winter, and Alaska didn't have the transportation systems they have now, so the only way to get it there was by, by dog sled relay. And so the race, the modern-day race, commemorates that, and it runs across the state of Alaska from Anchorage to Nome about 1,150 miles. And so it's it's quite a, a challenge uh, to traverse all of the, the various terrains and environments there. And And the reason I set my sights on that is because my main goal with running the dogs was to learn how to travel through the wilderness by dog team. And so I did a rod. I viewed it as sort of my final exam. You know, how do you know if you've got those skills unless you try? And uh, and specifically when I set my sights on Iditarod, I, I had three goals. I wanted to uh, run the race for my 50th birthday, as you mentioned. I wanted to train my own team from scratch, whatever we end up being able to do or, or not, you know, make all my own mistakes. And I wanted to have fun. And I accomplished all three. I would say so. <laughs> wow, that is really astounding. How many miles did you say that the Iditarod race is? It's about 1,150. It's That's over what I mile thought you said, over 1,000 miles. That is just so magnificent. I mean, to to take a team, that that's just, I mean, I know how wonderful it is having one dog. I can only imagine what it would be like to have a whole team, which is what I, I hear you two saying, that what, when you started realizing what, what you could do if you had more than one dog, and it just that whole concept of working together to accomplish that, to get that far in the wilderness must have just been the most, most breathtaking experience. Absolutely. It is magical. I don't know any other way to describe it. The, the training, the years and years of training, as well as the race itself, you get to know the dogs and they get to know you so intimately after thousands and thousands of hours together and and many adventures and and so many miles i like to say that the dogs take me places physically and spiritually and emotionally that that i just couldn't go by myself yeah well i can certainly relate to that and that boy that is so true so tell me what was the most challenging thing about training for this race how did you go about training for it? I know you. it took years and years, but as you worked up to it, how did you do that? Well, I'm self-employed. I have a, a small lodge, bed and breakfast type lodge in southern Oregon. And so that is primarily a, a spring and summer business. So I, take fall, I took falls and winters off and focused on the dogs, which, you know, which worked out from the, the sledding and training schedule. A, there was a lot of things that were really challenging about it. The fact that it took me 10 years, you know, it, it meant that I I was able to really dig deep. I really, my, my goal was clearly to train my own team. And so I started from scratch. I, I did not start with the house dogs. I actually got a, a team of rookie, you know, yearling uh, sled dogs and, and literally trained them from scratch. And I learned an awful lot about perseverance by doing that because I had a lot of challenges along the way, not only with the dogs, but, you know, with my, with my lodge, uh, my finances, my personal relationships, my health, traveling, on and on. It just, uh, every single time I had to face a challenge, I had to reaffirm my commitment to the goal of running Iditarod. And I, I realized after being into it a few years, I realized I was living my, my motto, which is quitting is not an option. 
Yeah. I mean, <laughs> yeah, you definitely are the definition of perseverance. I mean, being able to do that and, and the way that you two have done it is just so awesome and so inspiring to other people that there really are no excuses that you can really do this and figure it out, which it sounds like is exactly what you did, as you said, from scratch. Wow. So how long did it take you to finish the race? It, uh, it took me a little over 14 days. And that is, you know, it was something that was, there was challenges along the way, uh, as, as there are with any race. I mean, every, every year it's different with the trail conditions and the weather and so forth. The year that I ran it, it was a very uh, soft, punchy trail. And so it was a slog. It was, uh, it was just uh, a slog. All the sled dog racers always hope for hard, fast trail, and it wasn't that at all. We had days and days and days of moguls, uh, some of them over my head, literally, that uh, the, the trail just deteriorated into uh, this, you know, an unending series of potholes. And and so uh, early in the race, uh, not because of the moguls, because of a, a particularly nasty section of trail, uh, I got injured uh, fairly early in the race, and so that really slowed me down. The dogs did great. And uh, they got extra rest when we got to the checkpoints because I was I was so slow taking care of them uh, because of my injury. So there was a silver lining to that cloud as well. But even with the injury, I never never even considered uh, you know quitting or or what's called scratching, which is which is uh, quitting the race. I, I figured it was just one more thing to deal with, uh, just like anything else on the trail. Um, I. I'd had lots of experience with uh, personal health challenges over the years. I'm a childhood cancer survivor, and I've had uh, a bad back with scoliosis and, and uh, dealt with fibromyalgia and so forth. So I wasn't going to let a little thing like, a, like an injury going to stop me now when I was so close to my goal. Yeah, I was wondering about injuries and how you would deal with that in such an isolated environment, not only for yourself, but also for the dogs. And how do you plan for that? Well, you do you do plan and prepare. Obviously, I had, throughout my training and my years, I, I've come to understand how to deal with a lot of the real common things that might happen with the dogs. And I carry a pretty complete vet kit. Uh, and every checkpoint you go through has a team of veterinarians, and they are, they are wonderful, wonderful partners in helping to care for the dogs as you go through the race. So they would always check the team out when I came into a checkpoint, be there to answer questions if I, I needed to consult or was wondering what was going on with a certain situation. And they are the ones that actually took care of me as well, as it turned out. They... They taped up my leg. I, I had fallen very hard and had a huge hematoma on my, my upper thigh uh, when I got injured. And so when I got into the next checkpoint, the vet says, well, we've got tape and gauze and vet wrap. We'll just tape you up. And so the couple of later checkpoints in the race, they taped me up again. And uh, I finished the race without ever seeing a doctor. <laughs> That's amazing. Well, we are going to have to take a quick break to hear from some of our sponsors, but we'll continue talking with Liz and Barb about their phenomenal work with sled dogs right after these messages. So please come right back. We'll be right back, right after these messages. Stay tuned. Hey, love to read, but just never seem to have enough time to sit in one place long enough. 
for all of us on-the-go people, Audible has the answer. Best-selling audiobooks for your iPod or MP3 player. For Pet Life Radio listeners, Audible is offering a free audiobook download with a free 14-day trial to give you a chance to check out their service. Choose from hundreds of today's bestsellers, including awesome pet books, such as Bad Dogs Have More Fun by Marley and the author John Grogan, Love That Cat by Ingrid Newkirk, It's Okay to Miss the Bed on the First Jump, and Other Life Lessons I Learned from Dogs by Seinfeld's John O'Hurley, and many, many more. To download your free audiobook today, go to audiblepodcast.com forward slash working like dogs. Again, that's audiblepodcast.com forward slash working like dogs for your free audiobook. Ladies and gentlemen, Pet Life Radio proudly presents DSPN, the Dog Sports and Performance Network. Get ready to unleash the dog sports enthusiast in all of us. From ski drawing and mushing to racing, agility, and competition, this is the place to learn all about the dog sports and activities that you can do with your furry best friend and canine competitor. So get ready for game time. DSPN with your host, Lori Williams. Every week, on demand. Only on PetLifeRadio.com. Let's talk pets. Let's talk pets on PetLife Radio. PetLife Radio. PetLifeRadio.com. Welcome back to Working Like Dogs on Pet Life Radio. And we're visiting today with Liz and Barb about their experiences with sled dogs. And we've been talking about their competition, the Iditarod, which is just amazing that you finished this race, especially with an injury, that you were able to do that. So what do you think? I know we've, we've talked about the challenges. And, and what do you think it was that really enabled you to persevere and finish that race with a, an injury and, and with all the life experiences that you brought to that? I really felt that I, I needed that one of the greatest things that I've learned from the dogs is just the power of being present and staying focused. In this case, of course, focused on my goal, which was to get to the finish line. And the, the dogs just continually reaffirm that every every time I interact with them. And that really enabled me to, to finish the race because I was so focused. It wasn't that I ignored the injury. I mean, I did get it treated and all of that. But I was so focused on that that I, I just was compelled to be there for the dogs. They were doing such a phenomenal job and enjoying it. And they, they deserve to finish. So I needed to be there for them. Well, you two have really harnessed that and all of the lessons that you've learned from these, these sled dog teams and, and your experiences. And you've really have taken that and it's really mushroomed into a lot of different books and products. And so tell us about some of the things that you're now doing together. This is Barbara. <laughs> and uh, Liz and I, you know, have been friends for a long time and we've, you know, we've learned so much from the dogs. And we, I spent a fair amount of time mentoring teenagers in life using sled dogs. They would come over and learn about sled dogs, but really they were learning life lessons. 
So Liz and I came up with this idea that we had learned so much from the dogs. Um, my husband was diagnosed with stage 4 throat cancer, and I was so fortunate that I had been training for Iditarod because all the lessons the dogs taught me about patience and focus and perseverance really applied to be able to support John through his journey. And by the way, he's doing very well. He's healthy. Um, it wasn't supposed to make it, and he did, so that's always a good thing. Um, and so we Thank you. Uh, so we bundled this together to share. In, uh, so we have a book that we recently released called uh, Be the Lead Dog, Seven Life-Changing Lessons Taught by Sled Dogs. And that's a way that, that people can experience uh, what we've learned um, who are unable to come and spend time with us personally and spend time with our sled dogs personally. The other is, I'll let Liz talk about a little bit. We have another one that's uh, called Run Your Own Iditarod. And it's basically an opportunity for you to come up with your own challenges and then work with the dogs. I'll let Liz talk about that one a little bit. Yeah, the, the idea of Run Your Own Iditarod, as Barb mentioned, is that everybody has, of course, challenges in their own lives. And so we we wanted to give people the opportunity, if they were interested, to be able to to come and work with a trained dog team, ours, and yet be able to to have the dogs teach them how to address their own challenges in, in their own lives. And so we, we uh, sort of took this leap of faith and said, you know what, we can, we can give people the, the basic skills they need, we can work with them, be there with them every step of the way, and we will, we will trust you with our dogs. We will actually put you... Uh, behind a, a team of, of our own dogs that are trained and, and you get to to interact with them directly. And uh, we go through, it's, it's typically, um, although it can be highly customized, it's typically a four-day experience. And we go through uh, training and running and caring for the dogs and the people get to experience a, just a, a taste of what we've experienced over the years, which is how the dogs can provide that immediate Feedback, be that mirror to to yourself and your inner self and what you you know what you need to work on, and that's the reaction that the participants of our our uh, run your own did rod adventures we call them the ultimate sled dog immersion, and they've they they just are blown away by the power of what the dogs teach. Oh my gosh, I really needed to work on patience. Oh my gosh, I didn't understand you know. What 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 I needed until I got here, that type of thing. We've had people that have come with, uh, you know, to explore their own potential. We've had people that have come to, um, that have felt faced health challenges and really didn't think they could could do anything anything remotely approaching that type of activity, and have have done it and have just blown themselves away. So it it the, the dogs are very very powerful teachers. That sounds so exciting. And you said it's four days. That you, is it like a camp? Where do you guys do this, and how often do you do it? Well, we put them on, uh, you know, it's kind of unusual because sometimes people think that they're only done on snow. But we actually, Liz and I, train our dogs about 1,000 miles a year, and about 800 of those miles are actually on dirt. So um, we we actually run these programs all year long. About the only month that we do not do it is August because it tends to be a little bit too warm. But other than that, it's all year long. It's on snow or on dirt, and it's very customizable. Our, our basic program is where we run it out of a lodge and run the dogs from a lodge so you're able to sleep in a bed at night. <laughs> 
And then we, we do that for two days, and then the last two days we do 24 hours out on the trail. And again, that is based on the group. If the group wants to go from lodge to lodge, or if they want to camp out completely total survival skills, so it's it's really open to whatever people want. If a lot of people come, they don't actually come for transformation. They come for the adventure and the excitement. I mean, imagine you get a chance to run your own dog sled team out in the wilderness, you being in charge of this whole thing. Through that is what comes the transformation. But there's a lot of fun that goes along with it, too. That just sounds like the coolest experience. And so am I understanding correctly that an individual could come or you can tailor it for groups if a family or if a group of folks wanted to come, they both could apply? Yes, most definitely. Because we do it, whether it be a family, but we also do one-day leadership trainings for corporations or nonprofits where they come out and work with the dogs and we work on leadership and teamwork too. Oh, that's great. And so uh, do you do this in Oregon? If you come for the four-day camp, is that where your site is? Primarily, it's based here in, in Oregon at, uh, at my lodge because I've got the facility, and it's really uh, it's an, it's a nice, intimate facility, and it's on 130 acres. And, and so Crystalwood uh, Lodge just provides kind of a perfect base camp. Um, we're able to also utilize, as Barb said, if we wanted the group decides they wanted to do a lodge-to-lodge type of experience, we can utilize other other lodges and other facilities in the area. And we're right in the middle of, of hundreds of miles of trails uh, in the, the national forest here. So uh, it provides a, a pretty a pretty great, uh, you know, one-stop shop for, for all of the experience. We do have the ability, as Barb mentioned, with uh, some of our shorter programs or being able to customize it for a group, we can actually bring pieces of that to a group or to uh, an organization and be able to to do that in in a variety of different locales. But the full four-day program typically needs, you know, needs some access to trails. And and so we have found it's just easiest to have folks come here and it's easy to easy access and all of that. And how would someone get in touch with either of you if they're interested in signing up for this? The um, best way is is to go to the website uh, runyourowniditerod.com and there's uh, a little bit of an overview lot there on the website and then they just uh, sign up to, to get an application packet and, and more information. That's great. Well, and you have another program called Urban Go Dogs. Can you tell us about that? Yes, and Urban Go Dogs is dog sledding on wheels for your urban dog. And any kind of dog can do it. Typically, we we want a dog that's about uh, 25 pounds uh, or larger, but uh, we even have a dog that we work with that's a a Boston Terrier. She's 24 pounds, and she pulls her mom around the Golden Gate Park in San Francisco on a scooter. Um, These are scooters like you might see kids or grandkids using, and they're a little bit larger. They're for adults, and the dogs pull them around, or they pull you around on a bicycle. But it's just a wonderful opportunity for um, dogs to get some great exercise, for us to increase that bond that we have with our dogs by doing these things with them. You know, they enjoy learning, we enjoy learning, and they enjoy doing these for us. So we have this other one we call it Urban Go Dogs, and it's a one-day program where you come with you can come with absolutely no experience whatsoever. We provide the equipment, we provide the instruction, and by the end of the day, your dog 
is pulling you around on a trail. Well, you two can really accommodate anybody with any opportunity. I mean, that's just so fun. <laughs> that's it really great. is fun. Yeah. yeah, it really is. But it's just a great, yeah, it's a great way for people who, well, either we all have wonderful connections with our dogs. So it's just another way to spend some time with your dog. Um, it's a great way to get them exercise. And we all know that, that dogs who are exercised tend to be better behaved dogs. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, yes. And you can do this anywhere. There are, there are people in Florida doing this. So you can do this anywhere. That's great. Well, I know that you guys also have a variety of products that you offer um, in addition to the books. Can you talk a little bit about those? Well, primarily we have the two books. We have the Run Your Own I Did Our program, and we have the Urban Go Dogs, the Urban the Dog Sledding on Wheels program. And then, you know, in addition to that, we actually will go to, we recently were at a, a camp for children whose families had childhood cancer, and we put on a presentation, a Be the Lead Dog presentation, where we brought the dogs, and we actually gave a presentation to the kids that were participating in the camp, and then did interactive things with the dogs so the kids could learn a little bit more about the dogs and in turn learn a little bit more about themselves. And all of those things, the whole umbrella for it is life through dogs. And that's really what this is about. It's about in, about how dogs enrich our lives and how, how we can learn so much from them. And that's actually the name of our overall website, which is lifethroughdogs.com. So any of the things that we've got going on, you can find out through, through lifethroughdogs.com. So mostly it's the, it's the uh, hands-on interactive, and our, and our books are a really great way to get, to get a hold of us and to learn more about what's going on. Yeah, well, it sounds like if anyone is interested in developing a sled dog team, that you two are two folks that they really need to talk to to get some advice and to really start developing that relationship and that perseverance that it takes to have an effective sled dog team. And to our listeners today, what advice would you share with them if they are thinking about it? If they're novices and have never had any any dog training, what advice would you share with them about how to get started to develop a working sled dog team? Trust me, I I started 22 years ago, and (laughs) what I didn't do was I didn't go out and get help. I just started out on my own, and I spent thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars on the wrong equipment, teaching my dogs the wrong things, and all of us who have dogs know that if you teach them the wrong thing, it takes a hundred times doing the right thing to teach them the right thing. So to get some help. So right up front to get some help and to get some instruction from people who know what they're doing. That sounds great. And Liz? Yeah, I would add to that that, you know, it certainly is a great experience. And you've heard from both Barb and I about how much we've gotten out of the dogs and working with the dogs. And and it's it's just been a phenomenal, profound, really, uh, addition to our lives. But it is a lifestyle. And it's it's. Uh, look before you leap is would be my you know my my addition to to what Barb was saying. Um, not only get some help, but really um, research and and kind of decide what your objectives are with the the sled dog team, because like with any dog, it's a lifetime commitment, and and it's a way bigger lifetime commitment because you've got multiple dogs and, and not just one, and there are so many different things you can do with the dogs. But not all breeds, not all types are, are suitable for all activities. So really decide what your objectives are with having a sled dog team, what breed and type of dogs you want to accomplish that objective, 
and of course, all the basics, how you're going to house them, care for them, transport them, train them, develop the team, and so forth. It, it really is not something to be entered into lightly um, without a lot of thought and preparation. And, and as Barb said, getting some assistance, some guidance, some coaching uh, makes all the difference in the world in terms of, of a, a new person's ability to really um, excel and, and enjoy and, and get the benefits of having the sled dog team because there's an awful lot of work that goes with it. And so it's, it's nice to get to the benefits as well. Well, that's great advice. And I am so sorry that we're out of time because I would, I could sit and visit with you guys all day. I mean, it's so amazing. The whole concept of the sled dog team and all the work that you've done and all the programs that you've created is so exciting. So that even if someone doesn't have the opportunity to make a lifetime commitment and, and make this a decision, they can still experience it through your books and through your awesome experiential opportunities through at the lot. So that sounds so exciting. And before we go, I just want to give you one more opportunity to share with our listeners of how they can contact you and get more information about all of your programs. The main website, as Barb mentioned, is lifethroughdogs.com. And that has, they'll see there that there's an opportunity to get information about Run Your Own Iditarod or Urban Go Dogs or the books, um, either crimp on by or be the lead dog, as well as our, our speaking and, and presentations. There's a brochure on the website that overviews the programs we offer, kind of talks about all of all of the um, the, the, the programs, and that's under the, um, the speaking tab. And they can download the brochure and, and uh, get more information. Our, our contact information is on the website as well. So we're easily accessible by phone or by email, by fax. Well, thank you both so much for being here with us. And I would love for you to come back and to hear more about the work that you're doing. And are you thinking about doing the Iditarod again? Is that something that you two are considering? For me, the answer is I am not going to run the race itself because I, I am absolutely having too much fun doing what I'm doing with Barb. Uh, Life Through Dogs has really taken off for us, and, and, and it's just a, a phenomenal, for me, it's a great it's a, it's so much fun to be able to share what I've learned with other people. Um, having said that, though, I, I certainly understand why people do because, as I mentioned earlier, it's it's a really magical experience. Absolutely. Um, Barb? For me, I, I really feel like I really ran, finished, and won my own personal Iditarod um, through the journey that my husband and I went through with his cancer diagnosis. And I just don't think that anything can beat that. <laughs> well, that's awesome. You know, that's- <laughs> well, you two definitely have harnessed the power of your working dog teams and you're doing it. And what's most important is you're sharing it, which is so awesome. So thank you so much for being with us. And thank you, our listeners, for joining us on Working Like Dogs at Pet Life Radio. And we hope you'll come back and visit with us again. And if you have any questions, comments, or ideas for a future show, please email me at marcy, M-A-R-C-I-E, at PetLifeRadio.com. Thanks so much, and we look forward to joining you again. Take good care. Let's Talk Pets. Every week on demand, only on PetLifeRadio.com.